extend a welcome to you this morning, greet you in the Master's name. The Sunday School, of all the, the verses that we looked at there and as we shared and discussed, I guess the one phrase that jumped out and stood out to me the most was, carest thou not that we perish. How, how redundant that is. There's Jesus. The main purpose of him coming, uh, whether the disciples fully understood that, likely not at that point, uh, in a limited way perhaps, that they really think Jesus did not care. And uh, as I thought about the disciples' question, you know, how many times do I, you know, uh, arrive at that same point? You know, don't I realize how much Jesus cared when he's given his life for us? And the disciples were concerned about their life, and they, they looked, to their credit, they looked to the correct source. And uh, that's a challenge to us. We need to look to Him as we face the storms of life. Turning your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 15. I'd like to continue talking about coins. Been doing a series of messages on coins in the Scripture. Jesus talked about coins many times, quite a number of times. This is another one of the accounts that Jesus talked about a coin. And matter of fact, it was a lost coin. I want to read some of the surrounding verses of uh, this account. I want to begin reading at Luke chapter 15. Uh, read verses 1 through... I'll read the entire chapter. Can't go wrong by reading the Word of God is the way I feel. That's more powerful than anything that I will add to what is written here in the scripture. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he saith, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine, and he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk of that swine, husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many Herod's servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, 
and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy herod's servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, What these things mean? What these things meant? And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not as much, as so much go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And I'm going to stop reading there. But uh, I was impressed as I read these uh, uh, accounts here in the scripture. There was one thing that stood out to me, and uh, the uh, I don't know if you caught if that stood out to you or not, but notice the ratio. First of all, it's, it's 1 in 100. Secondly, it's 1 in 10. And then it comes down to 1 in 2. And... Uh, so I thought that was rather interesting. He starts out with a higher ratio, 1 in 100, drops to 1 in 10 in these uh, parables here. But the setting of these, Jesus giving these parables here is his accusers, the, uh, the scribes and Pharisees, were murmuring because the publicans and sinners came to, to hear him. And uh, so I was challenged as I thought about that, uh, the focus, I, I want to focus in on verses 7 through, uh, through 9, or verses 7 through 10 rather, particularly. Uh, the parable of the lost coin. But uh, I have in my possession here this morning a, uh, a, a lost coin. And uh, if I can get out of my little container here. And it is a silver lost coin. It's pretty small. You probably can't see it real well. But it is a, a lost coin. You might say, how do I know it's lost? Well, I'm doing some deductions. Uh, first of all, we had a lost coin at our house, and uh, uh, we, in our possession, we had what we thought was a silver wheat penny, which was manufactured. Which was not uh, the word. Not the word manufactured. What's the word I want? Minted. There you go. It was minted probably in the 1940s, I think, sometime uh, during the World War. They minted a few series of. Uh, of silver pennies because of the lack of copper, and uh, so I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, Law said she showed it to me some time back, and I didn't display much interest in it. So she tucked it away somewhere, and we cannot find it. <laughs> Recently, when I was uh, doing a series on coins, I, I discovered that certain ones of them that are minted are worth, you know, a nice amount of money. But whether ours would be in that category or not, but it's kind of frustrating because I like to know whether it is actually worth that much money or not. But uh, so I could not find that coin. So we have a lost coin at our house. But this this lost coin came from the house that we're moving to to Darren's old house, and uh, this coin did not know it was lost. And I don't think Darren and Beth know it's lost either because it's only it has a five. It's imprinted with a five in it, so I assume it's a nickel. 
and it's not a U.S. nickel. It's uh, actually a Costa Rica nickel. So uh, they honeymooned in Costa Rica. They were there last winter for two weeks. So I'm assuming they're the rightful owners of it, and I'm going to return it to them when I'm done using it as an object lesson here. But, uh, you know, this coin is, is interesting. It, it does have a number on it, giving uh, designating its worth. It uh, On the other side, it does have a date stamped, and it also has an imprint of... Uh, some legal identification has the name on it, Costa Rica, and uh, 2008 is the date that's on it. But uh, that coin was was lost, and uh, as my wife was doing some cleaning over there, she she uh, saw this coin down in the heat register in the heat duct, and so she she pulled it out for me for my illustration here this morning. Now we didn't have a big rejoicing party about it. We didn't. I'm telling you this morning, so I guess you can rejoice with me or with Darren's because I'm going to pass it on to them. I don't know if they'll realize they're the object of the sermon or not. Maybe we'll find more. I'm not sure. Uh, brings to, and I'll tell you this story now. Uh, outside the little uh, Lancaster County town, town of Five Pointville, uh, Long Beam Road. Uh, my uncle lived there on a farm, and next to his, adjoining his farm, was a blacksmith shop, a man by the name of Mr. Cooper. And I can remember numerous times going there with my father to have things. You know, he was an old traditional blacksmith and welder, and uh, you know there wasn't too much that he couldn't fix. You know, when the uh, the uh, cast pitman would break on the old Alice Chalmers sickle bar mower, that's he's the one that fixed it. He welded. And uh, so I remember on numerous times we'd go there to take things there to get repaired. And uh, kind of a traditional old shop, a little bit, uh, how would you say, a little bit, uh, well, maybe more than a little bit, <laughs> uh, cluttered, I guess would be maybe the, the correct way of saying it, around his shop there. He knew what he had, and he, he kept a lot of things that probably maybe wouldn't, weren't worth keeping, in, at least in my evaluation. But anyway, Mr. Cooper, he operated a lot on cash. And, uh, you know, when you're down, the job is down. He's like, give me $10, give me $20 or whatever, you know. And uh, But uh, Mr. in time, Mr. Cooper passed away. I really don't know the man that, didn't know the man that well. I was probably, I was going back 50-some years probably. But uh, Mr. Cooper passed away and the, the property got sold. And uh, as they were cleaning up that property, they, they began to clean up the metal scrap and stuff that was around there and inside the building, outside the building. But for some reason, they started taking off the uh, taking the building apart. And inside, the, the electrical receptacles and other nicks and crannies, here they started finding cash all tucked away in there. And I, I don't remember the exact amount. I, I think they told us how many thousand dollars or I don't know if it went over 100000 but it was, it was a lot of money that was found in that building. And I'm not sure what actually happened to that money she was living yet, his wife, and I do remember that the, my uncle related her comment. She said that uh, he always claimed he never had money. Well, <laughs> he didn't, really. I mean, if he was going to hide it and stow it away, uh, it certainly was not doing anybody any good. And uh, so that was a, a sad uh, uh, end to his life. Why he stowed it away, I'm not sure. He didn't probably didn't trust the banks, I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, I thought of that in relation. That money was not lost. Mr. Cooper knew it was there, but uh, no one else knew it was there until they started cleaning it up. Well, I want to focus in on these verses here in, in Luke 15. Uh, we find Jesus using this woman. She's the rightful owner of this coin, 
And uh, she evidently lost. She had ten coins, and she lost one. And uh, so this woman would typify, I believe, God. God is the rightful owner of you and me this morning by the right of salvation and also by the right of creation. Uh, he has created us. God has created us. He's the rightful owner by creation and redemption. I find it rather interesting that Jesus specifically mentions that this uh, um, coin was silver. And if you look at Bible typology, silver is symbolizes redemption. If you go back in the Old Testament particularly, there was tabernacle. Silver symbolized the idea of redemption. And I believe here in the New Testament it would do that as well. Uh, these coins were silver, they, they were redeemed, they were brought back by Christ. A couple of verses as we think of the ownership, uh, God is our rightful ownership. I thought of uh, Psalms 24, uh, the psalmist David puts it like this, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. And that includes you and me this morning, you and me as dwellers in this world, we belong to God. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Also, the uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians had a good way of expressing it too. First uh, Corinthians chapter six, two verses there, uh, verses nine, nineteen, and twenty. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as we look at this parable here, God is, Jesus is clearly establishing that there's a rightful owner of this coin. There's a rightful owner of your life this morning, and that is God. And he's seeking to buy it back. He's seeking to find it. Another thing I thought about as I thought about the uh, parable that Jesus talked here of the lost coin is the nine other coins and I already mentioned the the difference in ratio here we're at at the story of one to ten as I thought about that and I meditated about that you know it's one of a hundred one of ten one of two Uh, what if it would only been one of one would have God would have Christ been willing to die for one you know there was a point that the population of the world was only one population of the world in the beginning of time was only one Adam God created Adam he was uh, so at one point in time the population was one, and you stop and think about that in comparison today. Uh, current statistics have the population today at seven point seven billion, and uh, so from one man going to seven point seven billion, uh, and yet God has that capability to love uh, each one of us. We're confident of that. We know that God's love is everlasting. God's love is all encompassing. Uh, but you know, the interest is not in the nine coins. And Jesus clearly says here, especially in the parable of the, uh, the ninety and nine sheep, he says, you know, he, he lets the ninety and nine, goes after that one that is lost. The woman with the ten coins. She's not worried about the nine. She's worried about that one coin. And, uh, you know, the interest is in the one that is lost, the one that is lost. Now God in, as we think of the, as we think of God, God is omniscient. He never loses any one of us. He knows where each one of us are at in our relationship to Him. But we have lost him. Um, and again, did the coin, this coin, of course, did not know it was lost. Uh, could this coin do anything in itself uh, to be found? No, not really. It was laying down in the heat register. Uh, 
hidden, you know, not very likely to be found. Uh, so in that comparison, there's, there are some limitations. But there is one truth to that, is the fact that we ourselves cannot really do anything to save ourselves. We are in a lost condition, and we need to accept and what God has to offer. God is seeking. Numerous times in the scripture, it tells us that God is seeking those that are lost. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. As you think of that lost condition, the lost condition of that coin, it's lost. Uh, you think of something that is lost. Some of the things that I thought about, you know, it's worthless to its owner. Something that's lost is worthless to its owner. That lost coin this morning at our house, maybe Dad, maybe Delvin's will find it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's worthless to me. It don't matter if it's worth $100,000. doesn't matter if it's worth $50. It's worthless to me because it's lost and I don't know where it is. Um, the second thing about something that is lost, it likely will not experience its full potential. Something that is lost will not experience its intended purpose or full potential. Something else that is lost, it loses its uh, luster. Now, this coin probably wasn't lost very long. It, it looks fairly shiny yet. But, you know, I found some coins that are pretty tough looking. Matter of fact, you pick them up sometimes, you're not sure what the, even what denomination they are. But uh, something that is lost for over a period of time uh, loses its, uh, it gets tarnished. It loses its, its attractiveness and its value may be decreased. As I thought about the idea of being lost, you know, it's really, really what adds value to our lives to God is service. You know, God wants to use us. It's, it's being out in circulation, being out in service that makes us attractive and shiny for the, uh, for the kingdom of God. I found another interesting truth that I thought was, fits into the, our story here. Uh, as I was looking at some of the denominations of, uh, Currency, they said actually 80% of the U.S. $100 bills that are out in circulation are not in the U.S. They're actually in foreign countries. 80% of the $100 bills that are printed are not within the confines of the U.S. US border. Now, I'm sure that's an estimation, but they're, they're saying they're actually out in other countries. So I think that's somewhat fitting. It's the fact that we are, as we think of the and you can think of yourself as currency of God's heavenly kingdom this morning. Each one of us this morning are, are valued coins that were lost. And we are out in circulation. We're not in our home country yet. We're out in a foreign country. Uh, and I'm not sure why that is exactly. There, was, there are a number of speculations why that would be. It's the fact that the, the worth of the, the U.S. monetary system is one thing. Um, and the second thing is that there's a fair, fair amount of... Uh, and I don't know how that, how much potential and how much that factors in. That is illegal uh, drug money, perhaps. You know, it's all cash, probably a lot of times, and a lot of that is outside the borders of the, or the. That's where it goes, outside of the borders of the U.S. Now that's a negative, uh, and that doesn't fit our illustration for sure. But uh, I, I did like the idea of that. It's, you know, we're outside of our, our our home country. We're in circulation, and, and we're here to produce. Glory for God. The third lesson from this parable is, is the coin, the coin that was lost. That's you and me. That's us. We're that lost coin. That's the object. One of the things that I find interesting, and I mentioned this about this coin that was lost. Now, this coin actually does not have an image on it. 
a lot of the U.S. coins will have an image on it, uh, one of our statesmen. Uh, but this coin does not. It just has uh, a state uh, insignia, I believe, probably some type of a, a country seal is what it would look like to me. But, uh, but we, as we think of ourselves as currency, spiritual currency, in God's possession, God's rightful, we are stamped with what? The image of God. We could go back to Genesis 1 and read that. It says, we, he created us in his image. So we have stamped in our lives this morning as the currency of God's kingdom, of stamped with his image. We are so small in comparison to God. You know, our carnal nature will feed our ego and we can't trust our, our ego. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 12 verse 3 tells us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. You know, we did, we need to think of ourselves as just a small penny or even a nickel. And, uh, in comparison to, to who God is, we are bought with a price. He has purchased us. We are here for His service. So the coin, that's us, stamped with the image of God for His service for his use the fourth thing that I, I noticed from this parable is the effort to find that that lost coin notice that woman she had ten pieces if she lose one she what does she do she lights a candle and sweeps the house and seeks diligently till she finds it um, so I thought about God seeking that lost coin like to I thought of the account of Jesus speaking with Nicodemus in John Pardon me, John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? I'll stop reading there. But I thought of that, Jesus conversing with Nicodemus, and explaining to him the truth of, of how this can happen, how people can be brought into the kingdom of God again, even though we were lost and down in the depth of sin, in the below the floor level, in the heat duct. <laughs> uh, what's that as his expression? Lower than a snake belly or a wagon road or something like that. <laughs> you know, lower than low. How can Nicodemus, is Jesus taking the time to explain to him how that can transform a man's life? The Holy Spirit, God's love, the light. Uh, and God has brought the light into the world through his son, Jesus Christ. I also, back in chapter 4, Jesus talking with the woman at the well. Again, explaining to her, uh, John 4, verses 23 uh, through 26. And 
This is kind of breaking into the conversation here. Verse 23, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So I, I think that's impressive as I read those verse, uh, words that Jesus spoke to the woman at the well who was seeking and, uh, he took the time to answer and to minister to her needs. Um, he that heareth my word and believeth on him hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. I also thought of the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, Paul had this to say, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein times past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And I'll stop reading there. Verses 1 and 3 talk about the description of being lost without Christ. Verses 4 to 9 talk about what Christ does for us. And it's again, I want to just emphasize, it's not by, uh, like the, uh, the, uh, Pharisees were saying, it's not, it's, it's not by race, but it's by grace. Uh, we sometimes like to think it's it's who we are, but it's not who we are. It's only by the grace of God. The fifth point that I noticed in this parable was the results of finding that lost coin. Um, I I was impressed as I you think about being found. You know, if if you're the one that's lost and you're found, search and rescue, Curtis. Right? It, it's all about being found. It's it's finding that which is lost, uh, and I'm I'm not on the search and rescue thing. But as I, I thought about search and rescue, I thought you know there's a lot of things that we could say probably. But one of the, one goal, and that is to stay focused. You know we're not out checking the the house furnishings. This lady here was not concerned about the furnishings of the house. She was sweeping. She was clean. She was she had one goal, one purpose in mind, one focus, and that was to find that lost coin. She wasn't concerned about the furnishings of the house, necessarily. Um, I'm told that lost people tend to wander in circles, and you've probably heard that, uh, at least if they have no land, no distinct landmark to go by or no uh, moon or sun to perhaps guide them. They typically will go in circles. And, uh, you know, lost people are, are people that they need help, and that's why we have teams uh, to help them to be found. Well, the point of this story is that we need help. That's the underlying, that's the underlying truth of the fact. We're lost and we need help. You know, it's humbling to say that I need help. It's humbling to say that to reach out and, and receive help from another. 
I was impressed, uh, blessed as I think of the joy that is shared with friends and neighbor rejoicing. Uh, you know, we're, we're social beings. Uh, some of us uh, tend to be pessimistic. Some of us tend to be optimistic. There's a wide range in between uh, those two spectrums of optimism and pessimism. Uh, a lot of varying degrees. You know, the, the pessimist will say, well, I'm never going to be found. The optimist will keep holding on until the very end. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's dangers in both extremes. The pessimist may perhaps overlook some opportunities that he could uh, avail himself of being found. The, op- the, uh, the optimist may perhaps uh, uh, be too confident and uh, rather than relying on the help of others may figure he's going to get out himself when in reality he may not be able to do that. But I, was, I, was, I thought about that truth of, of being uh, you know, social you know, as a brotherhood. We, we share the joys and sorrows of each other. Uh, and especially in in, in finding and, and those that have made commitments to follow Jesus, those that have recognized that they were lost. We rejoice with you in that truth this morning, that there are those that are willing to name the name of Christ and, and have uh, accepted what God has provided for our uh, saving uh, of our soul. Sixth point is, is the idea of, of purpose of being found. You know, God isn't just a coin collector. I, I thought of that as I, uh, I'm not a coin collector either. I have just a few coins that I've, you know, in my lifetime that I've, I've kept. But uh, God isn't a coin collector. He doesn't collect us just simply for the sake of, of collecting us. Uh, he wants us out in circulation. I already mentioned that. And uh, actually, he has us in a foreign country. And uh, so God has a purpose in saving us. He's, he's expecting, and that comes back to our Sunday school lesson. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for uh, uh, those that are willing to be used in service for his kingdom's sake here in this world. Am I willing to be used of God in his kingdom here as he uh, has saved us? Regardless what my... Uh, what my personal agenda is, am I willing to uh, allow myself to be used? The second, the seventh point that I thought of as I thought about this coin is the fact that this, this coin has a story. You know, uh, I've made some assumptions that it probably was Darren and Bess. And, uh, but you know, it was in circulation in Costa Rica, third world country. And uh, I can't, you know, they say money talks, does it? Well, I could ask some questions. I, I haven't been heard a whole lot from it yet. But uh, actually, money does talk in one sense that it tells more about the person that's handling it than about itself. And, uh, you know, did this nickel buy a candy bar? Was it dropped in an offering at a church at one point? At some point, it was probably in somebody's pocket or suitcase and flew to the U.S. against any will of its own and at some point it got swept down the heat duct well as I thought about a story I thought about uh, you know each one of us has a story to tell we have a testimony God expects us to give a testimony for him Um, what testimony am I giving in behalf of the one who has found me 
And that's a challenge I, I want to leave with you this morning is what story are you telling? Uh, your life is a story. And uh, you can talk. This coin can't talk, but you can talk. And uh, so you can think about that as we go through the next week. Uh, will you have a story to tell for the Lord Jesus Christ? In closing, I want to uh, remind you that you are the currency of the kingdom of heaven. You have stamped on your life the image of your owner. You ought to be out in circulation. And you are in a foreign country. What is the value that's stamped on your life? Is it one cent? Is it a nickel? Is it a dime? Is it a quarter? Is it a dollar? Five dollars? Ten dollars? Twenty dollars? A hundred dollars? Well, God tells us that each soul is worth more than the value and the worth of the world. Do I realize that? And above all, realize that the light has come into the world and the darkness is dealt with. Are you lost or are you found?